0: This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans, presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry.
1: All-Star Break is here. It is time for another edition of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, brought to you by our friends at WaitingForNextYear.com. Our sponsors, we love them, the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean Slissel. And, of course, our friends at BreakingT.com, New Tribe t-shirt we'll tell you about in a little bit coming out. But Matt and Todd with you. And uh, we had a lot a lot on the docket here. The Tribe was dead and buried last week. Our executive producer, Todd, even said, man, is the season over? And we said, well, they, they got to win the series against the Royals. And, uh, boy, the weekend, uh, uh, things really changed. Walk-offs and big home runs. And all of a sudden, there's life again at Progressive Field. Too bad Sunday's game was rained out because the Indians were going for a four-game sweep and have a little momentum going right now.
0: Yeah, it would have been nice. I was uh, I was there Friday night for the Bobby Bombs walk-off with the Misses. Great evening. Uh, I was supposed to go yesterday, but that was rained out with P1 listener Dr. Borland. And, uh, and uh, it was... Uh, It was an interesting week because that Tampa series, which, you know, we were discussing topics today, I didn't even mention, but that Tampa series was such bad baseball and they were, they they were so awful and so many bad things happened that I've kind of erased it from my memory because Friday and Saturday were so great.
1: Yeah. You know, it's wild. Uh, The Indians got to 500 actually, you know, went from 41 and 31 to 42 and 42 and you're like, oh, gosh, you know, John Heyman put out some ridiculous tweet. He, he's, he's, a, he, that? he's a total jobber. Okay, John Heyman is a jobber. He has Scott Boris is his buddy, so that's where he gets his breaking news, but he's losing it. To tweet out something like, well, the Indians are going to sell, and do they sell Savali? Do they sell Bieber? Do they sell their young guys? Karen Jack, you out of your mind. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. If they're going to sell Eddie Rosario and Cesar Hernandez, so what? Those are veteran players on one-year deals. Uh, to say you're going to go out and sell and trade Shane Bieber is maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, but that's what happens when you lose, and losing leads to uh, are they going to sell, and you know, the, the, the bottom's dropping out. And then they go out and win three straight games over Kansas City, and, and even Saturday night, the bats got going. It was fun to see. We're going to talk about Oscar Mercado, who's got his swagger back. Um, but, yeah, I... You know, to sit at 45 and 42 at the de- – not the deadline – at the All-Star break, I mean, it's it's not great by any stretch, but they haven't played very well. And at least now the sky's not falling going into this five-day break.
0: That's true. Uh, just going back real quick to the Heyman thing, I mean, it's clear that some team – he's doing bidding for some team who wants – you know, the Indi- who, who wants those guys out there. The Indians always will talk about anybody. That's Antonetti – of course, Antonetti and Mike Turnoff have never denied that. They'll, they'll, they'll listen to every conversation. They might say to you, "Yeah, uh, that, that's great. We're never trading Shane Bieber," but they they at least listen uh, to say that they would trade Bieber and Savali. Who and and ninety nine is a different category. But you're not going to trade young, controllable starting pitching that makes no money. Right. Why would you? Why would they possibly do that? Right. It, it, it,
1: it, have you watched if this you team? Vote, have you watched this team this year with the, its starting pitching depth, which right. isn't very much?
0: Yeah, you won't be trading any of those guys. But but even so, like he also compared it to well, you know, last year at this time they traded Mike Clevenger. Yeah, he was going to be due more than ten million dollars in arbitration this year uh, when because he was becoming arbitration eligible, so he was finally up for his big payday. Savali and Bieber are still going to be making a league minimum. Like Jake Taylor, I how good league. are you? That's right. I only make the league minimum. That's right. Yeah, but, but, that, so, that, so tweet, that that tweet that
1: tweet was just he's a jobber.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was lame. But but uh, I, I do agree with you that taking some good vibes and good momentum into the break was was paramount because this team was cratering. You know that that nine game losing streak in eleven of twelve, and they basically played their way out of out of the mix uh, out of a playoff spot and you know the second half should really be designed for player development and playing the young kids and that's why eventually i'm assuming they will have a conversation about cesar hernandez or about an Eddie
1: Rosario. Well, I, I'm not ready to throw the white flag and wave the white flag yet and say we can't, we either, can't but... make the playoffs and we can't catch the White Sox. I, I think Chicago's a superior. We talked about it last week. We were very negative on the show last week. But, but why not? I mean, we recorded on Tuesday. They had just blown that Tampa game, the first one. They were playing a doubleheader Wednesday, which was excruciating to watch. Uh, it was painful. Horrible.
0: They had ba- four hits in two games.
1: Yeah, and then got no hit again. And I, and, and what did I read uh, on the app on the Indians app uh, uh, on on uh, ML, the MLB app that uh, the Indians are protesting that no hitter that uh, come on, Who cares? Okay, not, right exactly. How about how about we get some guys that can hit? I mean, how, <laughs> I mean, my goodness. But over the weekend, look, just what the doctor ordered. Um, you know, it was it was a, it was a it was a comfort cruise down down Chagrin Boulevard, uh, playing the Royals. Just awesome. I mean, it was like thank you Kansas City for coming to town and fielding a baseball team. So all of a sudden, Bobby Bradley's hitting the ball, you know, out of the ballpark to win a game. Fran, Fran Mill does it the night before Saturday night. Everybody's hitting. Um, man, that was fun. You know, and that 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 has to continue. Now they're going to play Oakland out of the break. They're not, they're not going to see Kyle Zimmer or Irvin Santana out in Oakland. I mean, those those two guys. Um, you know, they're going to see Sean Manaya and Bassett, and you know, some really good pitching. So the Indians never seem to play well out there. But hey, uh, I'm not ready to wave the white flag yet. But I'm with you, Todd. I mean, if if there's some guys that they need to see, let's see them. Let's see, continue to see Daniel Johnson. What have we seen so far? Not much, but at least play
0: them. At least play him. Yeah. Um, Daniel Johnson, who's now up, and we can. I guess we'll go into the outfield situation here. So Friday night, Leah and I went to the game, and she looked up and she said, listen, the last time I went, there's a lot of guys that are different in this lineup. But I said, the three outfielders that are playing today, a month ago, were the starting outfielders in Columbus together, and they were rotating constantly left, right, and center, all three of them between Zimmer, Mercado, and Daniel Johnson. I, I really think that Daniel Johnson, of those three guys, is the most talented player, but he just, there's something that is holding him back, and I think that, you know i think that he's still bitter about potentially you know being passed over so many times which he did get screwed in my opinion um but that doesn't matter that's the kind of stuff you got to put behind you and just keep going in it and so far you know he going into that game on friday night he was oh for he was oh for 15 with eight strikeouts then he ended up in the eighth inning getting the quote unquote leadoff double which was basically his which was his first major league hit which was a fly a, a line drive between center and left it wasn't, wasn't even it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't even a line drive <laughs> i'm being nice and Ben Intendi and Michael Taylor uh, Michael A Taylor in center field just let the ball drop in front of them but then Johnson compounded that mistake by making the awful base running move uh, getting caught in between third and home on the now infamous play where uh if you guys didn't see it basically he got caught in a rundown and he got well if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you saw the play. You know what happened. The umpires blew You know it. him, don't both you? Daniel, yeah. Both both Daniel Johnson and Cesar Hernandez were called out uh at third base at the exact same time. Tito uh got tossed and lost his shit, which was great. But, uh, I enjoyed.
1: So they needed that. Uh, they needed that. That was great.
0: They did, they did. Uh, but
1: but Manny Acta, Manny Acta would have sat on his ass. <laughs> oh, Manny. Daniel
0: Johnson is, is going to get his his chance now, um, and he's got to he's got to prove it. I mean, all three of these guys—Zimmer Mercado and Daniel Johnson—are all at the point where there, there's a lot of. We talked about this last week. There's going to be a lot of forty-man roster spots that are going to be have to be taken by real prospects that are going to have to be added to the forty-man that they don't want to expose to the Rule Five Draft in this off-season, and. They have to prove that they can play. So far, as of right now, the way we look at it, I think we, you and I, can both agree that we don't think that Zimmer uh, is worth a roster <laughs> spot at this point. Uh, no, <laughs> and that's I, I nice. mean,
1: I, I mean, even if he has a decent second half, I mean, my gosh, uh, Todd Oscar Mercado of a weekend had what four or five extra base hits? That's the as many as Bradley Zimmer's had like the last three years combined. I mean, come on, I mean that that to me that ship has sailed. Uh, I, 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 know where you're, I know where you're going, and I know what you're saying, but to me, uh, now that Mercado seems to have some sort of confidence back, because he was just dead last year, and I don't know what happened. Uh, he's playing where well, you can see him in the batter's box. He looks like a different guy. Last year, you knew when he was coming to the plate, especially against right-handed pitching, he had no chance. He was down 0-2, and it's like, geez, he can't even put the ball in play. Can't even hit the ball hard anywhere, even if it's an out. Now, watch him. You know, he did the finger guns going around third the other night after the home run. Like he's he's having fun again, so he should be playing every day in center field every day. He was
0: very, he was very excited, and at, at this point, I agree. I would I would much rather give, give me Oscar over Zimmer. Listen, if the Indians were in a position where. You had three established outfielders. I mean, we don't know how long Eddie Rosario is going to be out, and we don't know if he's even going to be on this team if they decide to, to trade him, although I think they get a bag of baseballs for him at this point. Uh, uh, you, you obviously – got to see what you got there, but to me Bradley Zimmer is – at best, a fourth or fifth, probably fifth outfielder, and a guy who's going to pinch run or come in for late game defensive replacement. And if if this were the playoffs, and we were looking to add a fifth outfielder to the roster, I'd say, you know what, maybe maybe Zimmer's the guy you want. So you you know if if Roberto gets on in the uh, late in the game in a playoff game in the eighth inning or in the ninth inning or whatever, and you want to pinch run, that that's where you use Zimmer. You know, it's like Terrence Gore. Terrence Gore, for those who don't know, was this outfielder who lingered on the Royals and various other teams forever. Forever.
1: I think he had like three three stints with Kansas City.
0: I think he was in the majors, parts (laughs) of the majors for like five seasons before he got his first major league hit because he'd come up and he'd only be a pinch runner and he'd only be, you know, or a defensive replacement. So. I say that's the best you're going to get out of Zimmer. He's going to be 29 this fall.
1: Yeah, enough, enough already. I mean, you know, they
0: gave it's it, it's it's put him in the you know. I know Tyler Naquin's having a great year, but put him in the Naquin category. You know, put him in the Jake Bowers category. We've seen it all. We know what he is. Get him off the roster. It's it's not worth it. But, I mean, now with all the injuries you got, right?
1: He's he's going to stay, but but I'd rather going. be seeing the way Mercado's swinging the bat right now. I'd rather see him every day, righty, lefty, who cares? I mean, yeah, you want to play Zimmer occasionally. And like you said, uh, you know, sub him in late in games, that's fine. You move Mercado over to left field. What, whoever's out there. I mean, right now, Mercado's playing left mostly and Zimmer's playing center, but uh, because of the injuries. But what if Rosario comes back and Eddie's going to play? You know, they didn't sign him not to play him and until they maybe trade him. Um, you know, maybe maybe Eddie Rosario will be a part of a Savali trade, right, Hamlin? Yeah. Stupid yeah. ass. You, um, you did
0: bring up a good point though about uh, uh, about Mercado. You know, it's a confidence thing with him, and I think you see it in, in. Right, and you really saw it last year when he was really struggling, and you saw it early on. But now it just it, it seems to be that this last week or so, he just looks like a different guy. He looks more confident, and I think. It's it's a huge, huge difference in his game when he is playing with confidence and he's not worried about it. I think I think he knows now he's going to get it back, so he's not worried about screwing up and being replaced, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: totally. And I think that, uh, you know, the pandemic has, maybe had something to do with it. I, I haven't read anything in-depth on Oscar yet. And obviously, speaking of in-depth reading, we will get to the uh, future of the Indians in Cleveland piece that came out this morning for, about from the Athletic. Uh, our buddy, Zach Meisel, Jason Lloyd, and the great Michigander, Bill Shea, a Cleveland native, but uh, lives here uh, in Michigan, uh, also contributing to the story. We got to get to that. Uh, news of a, and this is something that we've known about for a little while, of a minority owner coming in here. And how about a payroll bump coming up? Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know about that. Ooh, let's, let's see. Wee. I think, yeah, well, when we it's, talk about it, yeah, we can, baby, we can get into it a little bit.
1: But, We're going to be the but Yankees but... in no
0: time. Just to just to close the <laughs> just to close the loop on
1: please. The outfield oh, speaking situation. of loop, speaking of loop, what's yeah. Jordan Luplo's situation?
0: Well, that well, the sixty day DL. But what, here's where I was going with this. Harold Ramirez has shown that he he's only 26 years old. He's young, by the way. He's two years younger than Zimmer. Right. Harold's shown that he needs to get regular at bats and should be playing the majority of the time. So in
1: right uh, field. Yes. Not in center. Lord help
0: Definitely us. not in center. And uh, and again, the better Oscar Mercado plays or the better, you know, God forbid Zimmer ever showed anything, you know, when Zimmer's in the lineup, he's going to be in center. So.
1: And, and, and by the way, if there's a lefty on the mound for the other team, let, let's say Mania is pitching for the A's this weekend, Ernie Clement should be in left field. Mercado should be in center and Harold should be in right. I don't need to see Bradley Zimmer against lefties. Please and thank you.
0: I agree. And especially when you want to keep these, you, know, you want to give Ernie some of the bats and keep them fresh. And, and you know, he, Ernie is now your, your super utility, man. Because oh, I love you him. Have, you know, I'm fine with U-Cheng that. you is, is, change in, in triple a.
1: Yeah. I'm so fine with where, it.
0: where he kind of belongs, but, but Harold, Harold needs to be playing every day. You know, he's one of the few guys who actually has an OPS over 700 on the team, which is sad <laughs> in the, in the, in the regular lineup. Uh, He's up, he's up at 782, which, you know, 800 is ideally where he'd like to be. But, you know, most importantly, Friday night when I went to the game, I learned – well, not I didn't learn a couple of things. There were a couple of things. Number one, baseball at a two-hour and 20-minute clip yeah. is really great. Leah goes to a few games – with me a year. It's usually during the summer on a Friday night, she'll go to one or whatever. And then we'll go to one of the four of us with the kids. And, and you know, the game ended and we, you know, Bobby Bradley, hits the walk off Homer and it was great. We loved it. We stayed and, you know, we're leaving the car. And she's like, you know, that was a lot of fun. And I, and she's like, you want to know why? Cause the game was short. It wasn't too long. And the, the pace of play and we'll get into that conversation for another time. But, a two and a half hour baseball game is is, is that, that moves is certainly better than a New York Yankee uh, Boston Red Sox four hour marathon. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, would <laughs> yeah. yeah? I mean, you know, you you know, I love you know, I love uh, your wife. She's she's my sister. She's been my sister for years. <laughs> would she have said the same thing if she had, had sat through yesterday's like unnamed team twins four and a half hour ten inning game with like no twenty walks? You yeah. know. I mean, it no just depends it depends on the night you you got you caught a good night. I mean she happened to be First with you of, on the night where you know it was a bit of a pitcher's duel and, and Tristan was going and uh yes, what's his nuts Keller was pitching well for the Royals, and you're like, wow, like it's already the seventh inning, and it's still light outside that's crazy
0: yeah it was it was also ideal weather i mean the, oh my God, was it perfect down there it, it it was it was like probably seventy degrees little breeze like it was just it was perfect weather uh Number two, I want to discuss Bobby Bradley. Oh, what a great number one! What a great beast! Kid, He's a okay? beast. You know, they, they screwed him over oh. so badly.
1: Oh, they screwed us two, over. Had, they screwed us over. We had to watch Jake Bowers for two months.
0: But could you imagine being him and, 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 and being frustrated? Like God, I cut all this weight. I dominated in spring. I did everything they asked me to do, and still it wasn't good enough. And you know, you you had you had said it most of those first two months when people would be like, you know, when, when people would tweet at us or we would have the conversation with, with people and they'd say, oh, well, Bobby Bradley's not hitting in AAA and you said, he's bored down there. Right. He's been down there for three years. He's over, he's he over. He's nothing to prove, he's over." he came up and that walk-off homer that he hit was so awesome. I was so happy for him. it. Was his? T- that was his 100th at bat of the season. It was his 10th homer. He's he's in the homer every 10, 10 at bats. He's also striking out, you know, one every three at bats, but that's baseball. You know, he's not he this is what he is. He's a power guy, a high power guy, high strikeout guy. But wasting I have said it before, I will say it again, wasting two months on that scrub Jake Bowers that we all knew couldn't hit, had a thousand major league at bats to prove himself and never did is was a absolute egregious mistake by the front office.
1: I, I mean, I you couldn't have said it any better. I don't need to add anything. I mean, you watch Bobby Bradley's at bats. You see walks. You see uh, taking lefties the other way. These are not these are not all pull jobs, uh, yeah. home runs in terms of hitting it to the to the pull field. I mean, these are legitimate. Some of these home runs going the other way, like I said, just quality at bats. He's young. He's 26. He's playing with energy. You could see. I mean, the, the walk-off the other night, he was going nuts around the bases. He he couldn't wait to get mobbed, uh, as Tom Hamilton would say. A mob scene at home plate. I mean, it was. He's 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 the real deal, and it's 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 fun to watch. And he he you know he and Daniel Johnson are kind of on opposite opposite ends of the spectrum. I think this motivated Bobby had a great attitude, and they brought him up, and he's been really good. And, and Daniel still, I guess, has some maturing to do. And um hopefully he'll get there because so i do think you're like you said he's still a little bit bitter about about spring training um but bobby bradley's your guy at first base for now into hopefully for a long time i mean you, you just see and he's played a good first base too defensively he's made some nice yeah, plays he did
0: he, he he has acclimated himself nicely i know he kicked a couple of balls this weekend on the backhand side but i just come back to this 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 is the most telling so Bowers had exactly 100 100 at bats. And Bradley, after uh, Saturday, has 104. Jake Bowers has a 557 OPS. Bobby Bradley, 913. Yeah. Bobby Bradley's slugging percentage was higher than Bowers' OPS. He's a 577 slugging percentage. It's higher than his OPS, higher than Bowers' OPS. So again props out to Bobby Bradley and and uh, uh, which I think should move us now and we're going to go in reverse order why don't you tell everybody speaking of Bobby Bradley about the latest breaking tea this is big news. Uh, t-shirt with with a little help from the dairy brothers themselves
1: i mean this is big news big news uh, you know some back room emails going on between yourself and Jamie from BreakingTea.com about, hey, look, it's time for a Bobby Bombs Cleveland Indians t-shirt, a shirt from Breaking Tea. As you know, they've got it, BreakingTea.com slash dairy, that's D-E-R-Y. You go there now, takes you right to the Cleveland collection, and you can see you want the Franimal shirt? Uh, Friday night, it's a walk-off. The dude is just, he's a beast, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that that was another one of the topics that we're, we'll discuss. But what's so funny is Fran Franmil hits that walk off homer, and both the executive producer and you get on the text thread going, "I'm getting that Franmil T-shirt today." <laughs> you
1: got to get it. You got to get it. Any of the shirts that you want. The Indians have some fun players. Right. The, there's a couple of Jose Ramirez shirts there. Uh, the the Police Act shirt, the Bieber Fever shirt, whatever you want to rock for the summer, you get it at BreakingTea.com slash dairy. Now, thanks to these backroom emails, yes, Bobby Bombs, the brand new Bobby Bradley shirt in gray with him rounding first base after the walk-off homer with his arm uh, arm in the air. It's awesome. Get the Bobby Bombs t-shirt now at BreakingTea.com slash dairy. The kid's not going anywhere. He's going to be here for a while. If you're worried, oh, I buy all these shirts and then these players get traded. All the Dolans do is trade their players. Shut up. Get the Bobby Bradley <laughs> shirt. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be a stud at first base for a long time. And the shirt looks really cool. breakingt.com slash dairy. You want brown stuff, Cavs stuff, whatever, they, whatever you want they have. Other sports, you want an Otani shirt. You know they they, they put out a, Padre, a different new Padre shirt like every day. If you like those cool mustardy colors, the brown and gold, you get it at BreakingT.com. Go there now, BreakingT.com/slash dairy d e r y. Use that uh, uh, URL and get get you right into the Cleveland collection. Um, I'm getting my Bobby Bombs shirt today. No question about it. What about you know? I, I, it would be nice if you went to the dentist and saw Doctor Ben, and he was rocking like a Tristan McKenzie shirt. That would be sweet.
0: Uh, I heard that, uh, I know that Dr. Ben's a big Bobby bombs fan. He, he, he was pro, he was pro Bobby bombs and anti Jake Bowers before it was cool. So, uh, if you guys are looking for a dentist on the East side of Cleveland, or if you live on the West side, and you don't mind taking a little bit of a ride, why don't you come on over, hop on 271, get off at Chagrin Boulevard and check out orange place, little building on orange place. Center for Advanced Dentistry, home of America's Greatest Dentist, Dr. Ben Hornstein, and his partner, America's Future Greatest Dentist when Dr. Ben retires one day, which we hope is never, Dr. Sean Schlissel. Give him a call, 216-595-1710, or go on cfad.net and check out those two handsome devils on the uh, on that front page of that website, whether it's yeah, wow. whether it's uh, uh, just a routine cleaning, smile reconstruction, uh, they they got everything you need over there. Um, my 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 friend and great hygienist Sandy, the real MVP, as Zach Meisel called her. Uh, <laughs> she's yeah, uh. she, she, she'll take good care of you. Uh, again, very relaxed atmosphere, very professional. Give him a call two one six. Five seven five one seven or five nine five one seven one zero, or check them out at cfad dot net.
1: The real MVP will be whoever widens the lanes on Chagrin one of these days. We, I, I heard, that, we, I we,
0: heard we, that you were out there with a uh, uh, black paint um, and, and your door open, slowly uh, doing the dividing uh, lines, like to make cos, two like lane
1: comfort, comfort cruise. cruise. That's like uh, Cosmo Kramer <laughs> did. That's right. Matt and, Todd, Matt and Todd with you, uh, Dairy Brothers Tribecast. It's the All Star Break uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday. Jose Ramirez will represent the Indians, the lone Tribe All Star that at least will be active. Shane Bieber, I'm sure, will be out there tipping his cap in the uh, in the introduction in the introduction lines. But that's uh, that's about it. But the Indians sit at 45 and 42 here at the uh, All Star Break. Come back and immediately go right to the West Coast to play the A's. Uh, Eric the actor's A's. On, hey, rest uh, in peace. Uh, that's right. Not sure if there will be any balloons flying over uh, the Oakland Alameda <laughs> Coliseum or whatever they call it now. Is it O.Co? I, I don't even know what they I call it. So.
0: Also known as the worst stadium in sports. Well, second worst. We were just in Tampa, the worst stadium in sports.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: It's pretty that bad. Stupid friggin' carpet. Let's 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 bang the ball high off the carpet, and leg it out.
1: The Rays know how to play down there, though, don't they? Oh my
0: gosh! I'll tell you that Brujan and and Wander Franco, those two are going to be oh yeah awesome up the middle for about the next ten years.
1: Yeah, no, Tampa's. You know, you, you look up and you talk about the Indians prospects, and yes, you're excited to see maybe one day what Valera looks like and Tyler Freeman and guys like that, but you know. <laughs> Uh, Bruhan and, and and Wander are those are those are generational talents. I don't know if the Indians have that. <laughs> you know the Indians have a what lot of guys Will coming.
0: <laughs> What's that? By the way, is having a great renaissance. I said, what about Will Benson having a great renaissance yeah,
1: here? He is. He is. Let's talk some Oscar Gonzalez. What about Lil Benji? I'm talking <laughs> about him. Um, All right. So Fran Mill, real fast, and we got to get to this athletic piece too. Um, but Fran Mill Reyes, boy, coming back healthy. And what the, the lift he gives this lineup, the fact that and I think Mike Matheny did it right the other night by intentionally walking Jose to get to Reyes so Holland could face the righty. But, man, I mean, that home run he hit the other night to walk us off, just to get us off this nine-game skid. I mean, what a hit. That could be the biggest hit of the year.
0: You know, I was so happy for him. He also, another great dude. You know, you, you see his post game interview, uh, with Andre and he was so excited and he's always got the big smile. It was actually the, he, Andre was doing his, uh, stand up before the game and Franmil kind of came from behind and like made his, these faces and, and was like goofing and like, you know, gave Andre like, I, it just seems like a really good dude. Like, I mean, you, you hear nothing but great things about him in the clubhouse and he's always smiling, always positive. It was his birthday over the weekend. Also happy birthday Franmil no but he, the dynamic of him, he, you know, the running joke in Cleveland forever for Cleveland baseball fans was, "Oh, we got to get a right-handed power back. Well, this is the epitome of the right-handed oh, yeah. power back. Oh yeah, he. And, and th- that's the thing, you know. When the Indians made that the the, the Trevor Bauer trade, you know, Franmil came over, and you know, I, I don't. Th- I think most people who don't follow NL baseball, unlike you, Mr. NL Fantasy League, knew that who he was really. I mean, they knew. Oh, they saw his power number, but you're like, you didn't know. I mean, this guy is really, really good, and the exact kind of, and these are the exact kind of trades that the Indians always look to make. The Indians are never going to. I mean, other than the Andrew Miller deal in 2016, the Indians are looking for, and, and he had club control for an additional year. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Indians are always looking for a club controlled for a long time type of talent. They're, they're, that's the trades they make, and I, I and and that Franmil Reyes deal you know, trading Trevor Bauer and getting, you know, in the three-way trade with the Padres and the Reds and getting from your race. I mean, he's he's great, and he's going to be in that lineup for years to come. It's – it's I just it, – it, it, he is the ideal guy to hit in the middle of that order.
1: They need him. They need him and Jose to be healthy and be in there every day. Um, you know, Jose I was a little worried about late in the week this week because he just – some of his at-bats were just – he was going back to wanting to pull everything and – but then, you know, kind of settled back in on Saturday night and uh, and hit a home run, which was nice to see. Uh, but those two guys are what carries this team. You know, and when yeah. Fran Mill goes out for a couple of months with the oblique and you know, Jose's in and out of the lineup with a couple of different injuries, including fouling a ball off his face, you know, uh, it's tough. And the, those two guys have got to be there.
0: And you know what about Jose? I think that mentally this year, I mean, listen, I haven't heard this. This is just my opinion. <laughs> This has to be a draining, mental mentally draining for him, because so Sophronio Reyes has only played in forty-seven games. You know, the Indians have played what are they, what, 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 forty-five and forty-two? Is that what correct?
1: They've played eighty-seven okay. games.
0: Eighty-seven games. He's only played in forty-seven of those games. So, there, the, and, and Eddie Rosario being hurt, uh, Jose, th- there's so much on his shoulders, and it's uh, and and you know, I know we've said this before, but it's like the offense. Most of the year was sitting around and waiting for Jose or Framio Reyes to bail them out. We're the ones who bailed you out. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) uh, 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 but but, 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 but I think it's been a mentally draining season on Jose, and it's it's been hard for him. And listen, the guy's a total stud. You know, I love him. They should they should be working on extending him if possible. He probably will never take it, considering that he's going to have to. You know. (laughs) His contract is so terrible, he's going to have to cash in. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm just glad that both of them are back in the early order. Let them rest this week, get their, you know, get, get their bearings again. And hopefully coming out of the break, they'll be, you know, ready to have others help them because I don't know how much more these two can do to, to carry this team. No. That's pretty much what they're doing. I mean, Cesar Hernandez has the 15 homers, but he he's you know his his the rest of his numbers are way down. He his defense has been terrible. Terrible by the way. does no sense. Year, makes
1: no yeah. sense. It's, it's weird. But again, that was a short sample size of sixty games last year. It's almost like true. You know, I, I mean, hopefully this is a short eighty-seven game sample of Cesar and his defense in the second half gets better. But um, still, the, this offense goes as those two guys go. Is my point and um it's been fun to watch it's been real fun to watch at least this past weekend i mean let's not they're not out of the woods yet they're only three over 500 you can't erase the nine game skid a lot of teams have gone through a lot this year there have been a ton of the what i see some stat eight nine ten game teams have already had nine game losing streaks or worse you know the cubs are in a free fall i know you're upset about that um it's a real shame i know Uh, maybe the, maybe the tribe can trade Savali for Chris Bryant. Um, (laughs) dumb fuck, but, uh, you know, it just, I'm sorry that Heyman tweet still ticks me off, but like, you know, you look at the lineup, it just, it's so much longer and so much better when Reyes and Jose are there. The team hasn't had been together in terms of the regular lineup with Eddie Rosario or Naylor or even Harold. Um, at the same time all year, which
0: it was, it was just that one inning the other day against Tampa. We, you and I were both like, "Oh, this is the A lineup." And then Eddie got hurt, and he came out, and that was like the one time, or was it? It was, I think, a week and a half ago. That was like the one time they actually had their their true A lineup out there.
1: Yeah. All right, real fast. And
0: then the pitching. All
1: right, let, go ahead. Let, no, I wanted to say about the pitching. Um, certainly, I think we've seen a different Class A in Karen Check since the whole um sticky stuff situation uh those guys are still very good but
0: I, I don't think classe is Class still throwing the same way he he was throwing I think the you know the other guy he's having a little bit of a harder time Classe a, Class a gave up the bomb the other day but you know that was the wrong pitch to the wrong guy Jorge Soler just crushed it and he's a you know fastball hitting guy he just yeah, he had forty homers two years ago. so no, that, I know.
1: That's going to happen. But yeah, I agree that 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 uh, Karinchak has not been the same. Um, I think the rest and the off time will be good for him and and, and everything else. But the, the rotation, interesting. The Indians come out and say, "Okay, start the second half. We're going to go with Morgan, Quantrill, Pleissack, Mejia, and McKenzie." Now, first things first. I, maybe I should apologize. Last week, I was very hard and harsh on Tristan McKenzie because, quite honestly, he's been a disappointment. And, boy, was he fantastic on Friday night. I, it was mind-boggling. He was there. It was he mind-boggling. Was
0: awesome. They could have sent him out there for the eighth, too. I mean, I'm glad they didn't. It was. I mean, I know Classe gave up the homer, but it was the right decision. You get him out on the high note there. I mean, he was cruising. And the other thing was, as as you and I both know the issue with him has always been the walks and like he starts walking guys and then all of a sudden it just keeps you know piling on but he was so under control i mean he i looked up after like the the, the first inning i think he threw like 13 pitches or uh, 15 pitches or something and was like 10 you know 13 strikes whatever it was his strike to ball ratio in the first four or five innings was normally he's almost you know sixty five, thirty five. But this was he was really in the zone. Great. He was the great. The Royals are a very good I, I, I think we dismiss the Royals a lot because their their pitching sucks. Their lineup is really good. It's not bad. And he oh, handled yeah. them. He had, what they had one run on two hits.
1: And oh. and Hunter Dozier only destroys us. It makes no sense. He's hitting under two hundred, but he comes to progressive field and it's like he's yep. like he's like Eddie Rosario from the last few years or like you point out, Mike Sweeney or Canerco or Joe Creedy. I mean, just you know, Miguel Cabrera just rakes at Progressive Field, and uh, you're right. I mean, the Royals. You know, when you're trying, you know, Whit Merrifield's a pest, and a, now Kansas. an all now an all star again. Carlos hits two home runs and two at bats, including uh, you know the tying home run the other or the go ahead home run the other day, and then the Indians get it, tie- it was tying home
0: run. Cause tying we wanted home run. Them. Yeah,
1: but like you're right, they don't have a bad team. Uh, in the field, they they miss Mondesi uh, big time, but they're not horrible. I mean, you're right there. Pitching is just abysmal. Um, but interesting. But
0: Tristan, I mean, that, you know, it's, he's, he's 23 years old. I mean, we got to, you know, sometimes I think we forget that he sat out for two full years, basically, and didn't pitch and then came up and made like a couple of starts. But I, I'll tell you, he he just, he, everything about him in this last start, his demeanor, I mean, uh, you know, he only he walked one guy in seven innings. For him, that's like a miracle. Nine strikeouts, one walk, and one hit. That's what it was. It's amazing.
1: It was. Good, good. I didn't even mention. We didn't even, we didn't even mention. We didn't even mention Salvy Perez, who's arguably the best catcher in the game. I mean, or one of them. Um, it's another guy. I mean, he just you know there were there were yeah. fastballs with late movement, just destroying some of those hitters. It was great. And now, you know, you'd figure you hope he builds off of that and. He'll get the start um, next week. The Indians play Oakland this the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's Morgan, Quantrill, Plesak. Then Mejia, stay, apparently, is back against the Astros. And then McKenzie. So that leaves a couple of guys out, Todd, including Sam Hentges, who quite honestly, if I'm the Indians now and he's down in Columbus, I don't think they want to move him to the bullpen yet, but that's probably the call here. Eventually, so he can so he can yeah. be hitting ninety seven and only have to pitch an inning or two.
0: I don't think they can afford to do it because of the depth situation, but hopefully, you know, Shane Bieber they said was on a mound. He wasn't ready to throw, but he was getting there. Uh, Aaron Savali, I have not heard. Have you heard any updates on?
1: No, on I, his I don't, it won't be. I don't think it'll be until August.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything either. Um, so you really need the depth, and then the Indians had signed two guys to triple a contracts uh Zach Godley and, and two former major leaguers and Brad Peacock formerly of the Astros who was once upon a time a pretty good pitcher and uh i i've i've heard from several people that you will see Peacock in the second half so I was surprised to be honest that I, I my my guess was they planned on going with Peacock for the fifth starter, but Mackenzie was so good that he forced his way into that last spot, but you will see Peacock at some point, I would believe yeah,
1: i mean he's a major leaguer i mean he's you know he's a middle of the back end of the rotation type of guy that if he can get in our system and with the factory that uh you know he can get back to to being a decent a decent innings eater type in the ro- in the rotation until you get you're right. Savali and Bieber back, um, you know, but it is telling that, you know, they've had so many guys struggle, um, including Mejia, including Hentges, Um, but they elected to go with, uh, you know, Morgan, Quantrill, Plesak, Mejia, McKenzie to at least start the second half, so right now, I mean, you know, they got to get healthy. I mean, you get Bieber back and you get Savali back, and then there's a competition for the rest of the spots. Quantrill's pitched pretty well, um, and I think he's a lock to stay. And then, you know, let's see how Morgan does in the big ballpark on Friday night in Oakland, and um, you know, the, the pen will be rested this week, the platoon will be better rested uh, this week, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's that's a good sign, because it seems like Brian Shaw pitches every damn day, and he's he hasn't been the same guy either the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, well, uh, he, he's going to get another shot, um, but again, with with the way these guys are, and the fact that Peacock is 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 ready or should be ready soon, you know, one bad start and you could be sent right out. So,
1: well, we know Logan Allen and Sam Hentges won't be back for a little while. You know, I think Logan yeah. Allen got tattooed in Columbus the other night again. And when they lost eleven to one, so I, I don't know what's going you, on there.
0: You know my feel, You know my feelings on him.
1: I think the next Logan Allen we'll see in the big leagues will be Logan T. Allen. Could be. He's moved up the ranks rather quickly. Up to
0: Akron,
1: yeah. You know, so yeah. all right. Uh, big story this morning. Shout out to Jason Lloyd, Zach Meisel, and Bill Shea. Zach, of course, a friend of the show. Um, and the co-host of the uh, Selby's Godcast the Indians future in Cleveland relocation questions ownership status payroll and more in the spotlight An exclusive at the at the athletic.com came out this morning a couple of hours ago Todd you and I both read it you know I, where do you want to start? I mean you know fan, for fans that think you know the executive producer Jeremy he's a big our lease is up our lease is up guy. Um, it sounds like in this piece that they're hearing from sources that the a new lease is nearly done, and that the Dolan family and the city of Cleveland have worked on this and are working on it, and that the lease of Progressive Field is, which what is up after next season? Is that right? Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three will be extended. These rumors about the team moving to Nashville. Uh, These three guys talked to some guy, John Moore or whatever, in Nashville, and he has has said publicly to them, we have not had any discussions about the Indians moving here. Nashville wants a team, whether it's the A's or the Rays. It sounds like they're going to get one, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be the Indians, which is good. There's nothing really in this piece about the new team name, which I'm tired of talking about. But the bigger story is that, There is appearing to be, publicly now, at least in this piece, the rumors about who's this East Coast uh, mortgage mogul. Well, we have a name with the face here that could be coming in soon to be the new John Sherman and pump some payroll into this team. Todd, uh, give us the latest.
0: Well, his name is Stanley Middleman.
1: Stan the caddy?
0: Yes. No. Yes. Is that, is that what we're going to go with? That's what we're calling them. You, you and I, (laughs) uh, about six to eight weeks ago had caught wind of, of, of this and, you know, I wasn't at Liberty to discuss the details or, or the name that we had heard, but he's the founder and CEO of uh New Jersey based freedom mortgage. And, uh, listen, you can't really go by what you read on, you know, these net worth, you know, Google them and oh, his net worth, but he's a billionaire with a B, Um, you know, and according to what this article, uh, the athletic piece says, you know, he's one of the people that is is bidding to be, you know, it seems to be the lead name to be the uh, new John Sherman minority owner. But like with the John Sherman ownership, there was a pathway to become the next majority stake owners of the team. So I got to believe that anybody, you know, middleman in particular who is going to come into this situation is going to say, I want to take over eventually. So there's going to be a, I, I, you know, I know it was in the piece kind of like, well, it's probably going Listen, it's going to happen. Whoever, whoever ends up, if it's Stanley Middleman or or anybody else, whoever buys up the minority share is going to become the eventual majority.
1: Right, right. That was the plan. That was the plan with Sherman.
0: Yeah, that was exactly. And I've long believed that Paul Dolan has been holding out for his to try to win a World Series while his father was still alive. But at a certain point, I think it's become too much. I think, you know, the the writing's been on the wall. is this a good thing or a bad thing? You never know because sometimes, you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And uh, while we all want to have a billionaire owner with a B who spends, and I'm sure that would make things better, you don't know if this means Antonetti and Chernoff say, you know what? We had our run here. It was great. I don't know this guy. We don't want to work for him. And they're out. And then all of a sudden we have new guys running the you know the organization, and and you don't know. So – I do think that's a good thing. There, um, eventually, that's it, going to happen. But you just there's the great unknown of what it would do to the stability of the front office that's been so good. Or maybe they, you know, maybe Antonetti and turn will say, "Hey, we now are going to have more money to spend. Let's let's right. see how we do it. So and and let's stay and see if we can do it." But when, the,
1: I, when the Mets when the Mets came after those guys this off season, they they know what's going on. They have conversations with Paul. <clears throat> I'm assuming Paul is telling them before anybody else. Look, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find a minority owner. I'm having a conversation with this Stanley Middleman guy, and things aren't going to change, <clears throat> or else one of those two would have bolted. I mean, Chernoff's yeah. from there. You know, didn't he grow up a Met fan? I mean, like, yeah. So that's a good sign. And to me, the article talks about how the Indians, or whatever their name is next year, the Cleveland baseball team, the Spiders, the Guardians, they want to bump payroll back up into at least $80 million, as opposed to where it is now, which is, you know. 50 Right. So does that mean that they're going to extend Jose and Shane and that's where it starts? I hope so. But it is, you know, we, we talk about, last week we talked about the who, not how, and having enough who's on this team. There's. There's holes. There they there, you know, this, this rotation could use a a, a big a, another pitcher. There, there, you know, is Tyler Freeman ready to be the shortstop next year? Do we do we I mean I'm not saying we dipping we're gonna dip our toes into the Carlos Correa sweepstakes or Corey Seeger no, this clear. offseason. Because right. there's short stops of plenty coming, but what about a corner outfielder? What about you know who who knows? Well, but
0: but here's the thing. There's the great unknown here, which is the collective bargaining agreement is going to expire, and the system needs to be changed.
1: Right. There might not even be a and season so, next year.
0: Well, that's the whole thing, and that's why another reason why this could be a slower process than we would like it to be because nobody knows what the system's going to be like. You know, it, it's it's really – the system is terribly broken, as we all know, and needs to change, and we have no idea how that's how that's going to play out. So I will say this going back to the relocation portion of it. The piece also said that the guy John Moore in Nashville. uh, It it sounds like they would much prefer an expansion team. Um, you know, it's going to be very costly for any team to move. So, and MLB is going to expand at some point. It's uh, one or two teams, but they they, they can't get you can't
1: get too greedy in saying making a statement like that. We prefer an expansion team. Oh, Okay. The A Whoa. situation out in Oakland is a joke. It's awful. Well,
0: that one, exactly. They need
1: was, to was, leave. If, they need to leave. They don't. Have, yeah. you know, yeah. They're supposedly having. Uh, oh, the, the, right. You've, you have two situations right there that are primed for for, for a move. Uh, sitting here talking about expanding. Hold on a second here. I mean, to me, MLB expanding more. I think the product is fine, but they don't know what how to. They don't know how to get out of their own way. They can't even. They can't. They're playing seven inning double headers and charging people full prices. Like when they split those games, they still have this stupid runner at second base. Like to start extra innings, they have no plan at all for universal DH. You are going to expand. You're, now you are going to expand and add more teams. Give me a break. I'm yeah, not, well, I'm not they want that. to,
0: and they. I think that's where they think they can get more money. Obviously, uh, but I think that Nashville will eventually get a team. Let's just. I and I, I truly believe, and that's the one thing. Listen. I know there's a lot of Dolan haters out there, but this is a, you know, it's said in the piece, They're a fifth generation Cleveland family, they do not want to sell the team to somebody who's going to move it. They will find someone who is willing to work with them and stay in the city. And I believe that the lease and the sale are kind of a hand in hand situation sure. because they want to extend that lease to know that this next owner is not going to move the team. And I, and I think that is the biggest takeaway from that piece to me, is that the lease and the ownership are a literally a a conjoined situation. And when that lease gets extended, that changes the game for the the future of baseball in Cleveland. Because as it also says in the piece, and you and I and the executive producer have talked about many times, the viability of three major sports franchises in this city is not – it's not great. And the Browns are never going to go anywhere again. And the NFL, you know, it's, it's hand over fist and it's, you know, nine home games a year. And so that's going nowhere. The NBA has a salary cap and the Cavs have an owner who is, you know, a gigantic billionaire who will, it doesn't matter how much money he makes or loses. He doesn't care. So if, and and so if there's one franchise that was a little iffy on the future, it would be the Indians, but you, 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 work that lease out with the city and you get another lease right. for another 15 years, you know, they're, they're not, go, that, they're not going down the road. Yeah,
1: they're not going anywhere. They're not. I agree. <clears throat> and if you get a minority owner that has some money, then that's all that matters. You know, you could sit here and cry poor. And I know that there's a certain Paul Dolan doesn't help himself when he speaks publicly sometimes. And that's on him, and that's on the organization for not coaching him up better to for public statements. But the bottom line is, you get enough investors and, like you said, minority owners, and then everything else. You know, unfortunately, I, I just don't understand the attendance. I don't get why more people don't go. But it sounds like people are staying home because the TV ratings are good. It's not like this team's not. No one's watching. There's people watching. It's not the yeah, great. It's not nice. the greatest baseball town in America. Not even close. But people are watching so they need to do that research and figure out why they're not coming down there and and you know i i think that like this this the article was a positive for 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 the indians for the city for everybody i thought it, i thought it looked good
0: yeah and it's just part one i know they're going to be doing a little bit more uh i don't know if they're dropping them each day this week or it, probably because it's the all-star break i would imagine so but uh yeah i'm looking forward to reading the rest of the pieces but uh and learning more about Stanley Middleman. That's a, that's another thing. I think now that the name's out there, uh, you, you know, people are going to start doing their research, and, and uh, you'll be learning more about him in weeks to come.
1: All right, so the Indians are off until Friday, uh, 9 o'clock game Friday night, uh, 4 o'clock game Saturday afternoon, and then uh, another day game on Sunday in Oakland. Todd, we've gone uh, 52 minutes here.
0: I gotta walk the dog. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's all good. No, you know what? It was. We had lots of stuff to talk about. I, uh, you know, it's heading into the All Star break. Hopefully, um, next week we're gonna have a big name guest uh, that we're working on. So perfect. Um, I'm looking forward to having the big name guest come on our show. And uh, I listen. I, I'm just looking forward to the second half. These next, you know, yesterday's rainout sucked because. We were like, "Oh man, this is gonna be five days now, six days in a row without a game. This yeah. is terrible." I, you know, I got. I'm gonna have to dip into the, uh, into Netflix or something. Find something to watch.
1: Who's our guy? We got a shout out that really likes the new oh, bumper music.
0: John, are we talking about John McCormick?
1: He wants the bumper music at the end of the show, so we gave it to him last week. Wait, wait.
0: So. Hold on, we're talking about the executive producer's friend, John who is a P1 listener, the, the Mr. and Mrs. Executive Producer, went out uh, to the Tribe game a couple Fridays ago, and, and Jer was texting me. He was, like, literally pulling references. I, I mean, he, he was pulling Dr. Sean. He was pulling Sandy being the real MVP. I'm sure there was one other one. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. He actually went and got the Momocho Nachos and went the TD move, Cheese, chicken, and cheese again. So shout out to John, P1 listener. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll keep keep bringing that heat content for you.
1: There you go. All right, Dairy Brothers Tribecast at WaitingForNextYear.com. Craig Lindell, thank you, um, as always, for hosting us uh, at your website. And thanks to the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben, Hornstein's the best, cfad.net, and also com slash dairy. Go there now and get the new Bobby Bombs shirt. We'll do it all again next week.